everybody. Welcome to Unleashed the Podcast, episode number eight. I am live streaming again because I have a terrific guest today, a longtime friend. Her name is Betsy Jordan. You're going to learn a lot more about Betsy here very soon. But I want to make sure everybody knows that this is our, our live stream version on my Facebook page on Whedon Unleashed on Facebook. It's episode eight. Unleash the podcast is up and percolating, and you need to make sure you never miss an episode. And the best way to do that, the very best way to do that is to subscribe. And here's where you can subscribe. You can, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. You go there, you, you, you subscribe, you give me a five rating. I'm grateful forever. See, it's a win-win right? Everybody, it's a win-win. You can also go to unleashedthepodcast.com, takes you to my website. And from there, uh, just follow the instructions, listen, enjoy all of that good stuff. Uh, but enough of this nonsense. We've got to get talking with one of my great longtime friends, Betsy Jordan. Betsy, and I'm going to read this correctly. Cause like, here, look, I've known Betsy for about 10 years. Is that, are we right, Bet Betsy? Has it been about 10 or 11 years we've known each other? It's been 11 years, frighteningly enough. 11 years ago, we met uh, in, out of a consulting group. And, and over the years, we've, we've been collaborated, we've uh, commiserated, and we've been great friends. And so Betsy is a former organizational consultant. She may talk about her time in Disney and wearing, wearing the Mickey Mouse ears, maybe. I don't know. But she, I know she was at Disney for years. She became an organizational consultant. And today, she does a, a really, really terrific job as a messaging positioning strategist, a messaging positioning strategist for consultants and coaches. She's known as the brand whisperer. And the messaging and positioning, that's going to be really an important part of what we talk today because our topic is, I just moved it. Where did I move? Oh, here we go. See, live, live podcasting, live TV, the role of business and social justice. And there's some messaging and there's some propositions around that, but we're going to have a kind of a deep conversation. Uh, we, we find ourselves in, a, in an incredibly challenging time, at least for me, uh, in, in how we're dealing with social justice. And is there a role in business? So Betsy, first of all, welcome Thanks for being my guest today. I, I am thrilled that you're here. And before we dive into today's topic, talk a little bit, no telling stories on me, but talk a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. That's such a big open-ended. Well, first off, Dan, thank you so much for having me here. Um, so I've been a consultant um, for over 20 years. So I got my start when I was working for this nonprofit organization and I would walk around and I would be super confused because, you know, I'm youthful, idealistic, and it's like, I don't get it. Like the company would say one thing and what they do is something else. And this mismatch is like, well, that just can't be. So I went to school and I got a master's in organization development. So I started there and then I went to Disney for about, um, about eight and a half years. And so as I go to different organizations, you keep coming up against the same challenges around values, culture, environment. And it's one of those things that I think a lot of the clients that I work with, we all care about the same thing is that there has to be a better way. So 
um, I did that for a while. And then I realized, you know, it's like I'm consulting and I love my business and all, but I'm at a point in my career where it's time for me to pass on to the next generation. So I pivoted my business to doing more mentoring. And I, and I think where my sweet spot is, is I'm always that person who is called when people are at crossroads trying to figure out like, how do I take like all of this experience and these, this career and turn it into my own brand. So that's where I've really started focusing my efforts. But I started to recognize, you know, as it relates even to the social justice thing is there's a, con a connection, if you will, between what we enact in an organization and what goes on inside of somebody, you know, that everybody wants to create more alignment and everything, everybody wants to create more of like, you know, who I am is matching what I do. And that's the same thing with an organization. So I sort of see these parallels, but I think the heart for social justice and creating these environments, you know, never really went away. It's sort of like behind the scenes constantly and everything that I wanted, the, everything that I do with my clients is that place where they can speak power and be able to influence that kind of change. So oh, that's I don't a great, know if that that, oh, that's perfect. It's a great segue because got me to, to contact you and say, I, I want you on my podcast is I saw something you wrote on Facebook that uh, caught my attention and uh, I've been doing a lot more writing, uh, especially in social media and blogging about how this has affected me, how this whole racial justice affected me. I'd like to talk to you about though specifically is that role in business because we've seen, we've seen uh, lately companies come and talk about taking cancer or, or having a mission or some diversity and inclusion, uh, you know, and we've seen a lot of things happening in the athletic world. I guess my lead question on to you is, what difference now where business is, is now taking more of a lead role past, at least from a historical perspective, we're both history majors, it seemed like it was more of a grassroots thing that businesses, they didn't want to get involved with this it was almost as if it was taboo is there a shift am i noticing that correctly is there a shift and how do you see this playing out well i mean i don't mean to sound um cynical when i say this is that business is responding to what's going on in the market business business always responds to the market so right now a couple years ago you know, the taking the knee and all the controversy around that business wouldn't touch it worth it, you know, at all because they there wasn't a readiness. I think that what's happened with George Floyd is that as a society, we're at a tipping point to say, all right, we're done. You know, you take that, add me to, add the pandemic, you add all these other things. And people are saying, we're done. And so societal changes is forcing businesses to change, but that doesn't mean that businesses didn't always need to look at it. We need to take a step back and say, what is justice what is and i and then you get all of the different arenas around where does this even get an if you were justice is is that when there's respect appreciation and value for every part of a system say for the sake of argument that's a working title so you need to look at a, a community system a government system and a um, and together, all the systems kind of work together. So businesses always had a need to enact social justice where capitalism had been to say, listen, 
there's more than the bottom line. We need to look at all the stakeholders, all the shareholders. There's the employees, there's the customers, there's all these different people and all of these different areas need to work together. Like you can label any organization dysfunction is the different parts of the system aren't working together. Every single one of them, the root cause of all of them is that. When you get the right hand, left hand, what they're doing, are they actually working with competing priorities and all that kind of stuff. So businesses always had a need to look at it, conscious capitalism has come out as looking at that opportunity. But I think in today's scenario is all of this is now at a tipping point is that we must have these conversations. It's not like, gee, it would be nice. Or if we can get to that place, there's an urgency and it must happen. Companies are being forced to reconsider our culture and how are we operating? And do we have an, our, a, a corporate culture and environment that not just recruits people, but creates the environment where everybody can really do their best work as are their true human personhood. Let's do a little because, you know, you started with George Floyd and certainly that, that seems to have been kind of one of the trigger points around racial justice, but social justice is bigger than that. So is diversity and inclusion. Uh, my last guests that I had on my show, we talked about gender neutral language. That's part of social justice. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the intertwining of this and, and maybe part of it are getting lost as, as, as companies are talking about diversity. Uh, there's a, you hate to think that it stops at the racial part. There's a, there's actually a larger thing going on. I hate to use the word thing, but I can't think of anything. There's actually a larger issue at stake, right? I think that the the movement is all the same, is that if you're looking at all of the different um, pe uh, people groups or, or, um, or groups in general that feel like that there's a disparity of some kind, you know, that they're all caused by the same kind of scenario is that a world that we all inherited, we're set up to have this particular group of power at the top, and then the others do not necessarily have the right. So we're kind of in this place where we're trying to level the play, playing field for the whole kit and caboodle, which requires a culture change. When you think about the culture of business, you know, businesses was created by white and for white, you know, for white men in a certain period. And now people are trying to find their place. So it's very difficult to be a woman in corporate environments because the way cultures are set up is it's not always supportive of that style. And then you look at different types of sexual orientation, and then you look at all of the other racial layers. They're all part of the same dynamic to say, how do we reframe corporate culture and what is professional that's more inclusive of the entire. I don't know so if that makes sense. It does. And, and one of the things you and I talked about as we were kind of preparing for this podcast is, is that, and, and maybe correct me if I misheard you, but one of the unfortunate things that are is that there are several different groups that are all trying to gain greater equality but they're, they're not working together. Everybody's kind of in the, I hate to use the word siloed, but I'll use the word siloed. They're somewhat siloed in, and, and, and the problem is, is that one group may have a larger voice at a certain time. Yes. Right. So expand on that. So like, I guess if I had it on my way of saying, all right, now, how would an organization kind of like broaden the values is I think there, first off, there needs to be a different leadership competency that hasn't been invented which is really not just around diversity and inclusion, but kind of like that broader social justice perspective. 
that looking at it from a standpoint around, do we respect the, the rights and the dignity of all the constituents that are around us? And if you were gonna have that sort of label, it would be looking at it, not just from the gender, race or sexual orientation kind of label, but even looking at the animals and the environment and any other kind of thing where we're looking at that power over leadership style and we're looking at a power with kind of thing. And we need to have a leadership competency that would lead to a culture that says we respect and appreciate and value the system that, that ultimately social justice will be enacted by a leader at the helm who makes decisions on behalf of the realm and that they think about their realm more broadly. That it's not just about short-term profitability, it's about serving the entire realm. That would be a place to start. So I don't think it's necessarily about advocating for all of these separate things. I think we need to advocate for one thing. And that is a transformation around how leaders lead and the decision-making filters, like where we'll create the change is when the leader has a default position, when the senior leader's at the top and everybody who's sitting around and they're making all these decisions that they have a default of truly respecting, appreciating and valuing their entire system. You know, when you look at like my, my favorite example of what a great leader looks like in terms of social justice is um, Simba from The Lion King. <laughs> you know, so if you look at I the knew Disney, I knew Disney was going to get in here a little Disney, bit. I knew I it. That's okay. <laughs> so you look at the difference between, you know, Scar and his leadership style and you look at Simba and what eventually happened with Simba is that what social justice looks like is what happened when Simba at the end of the movie walks up to take his place at Pride Rock and you see all of the animals in harmony with one another and Simba, this, you know, wise and humble king who you know will make decisions that benefit the entire circle of life, if you will, or all the animals on the savanna versus Scar, who's that power over leader, who's making decisions that would benefit a few. That's what we're trying to make that transformation is we have systems in place that benefit a few. We need to have leaders that will make decisions that benefit the realm. And so wherever these leaders find themselves, whether they're in government or whether they're in charge of a, you know, a business, a civic organization, a church, a religious organization of any kind, all of those leaders need to think more broadly. So that's that first part. If you're gonna think about what does it look like, it goes in the mind of that particular leader. How are we influencing the decisions and how do they make decisions? That's where social justice is gonna be made. It's not gonna be in the policies. Okay, so you, you bring me to a, a great, another segue, and I, I wanna give you a, like a case study. So somebody listening to this says, yeah, that, that's all fine for those people who are running large corporations. They've got all these people in these places and processes. I'm a small business owner. I have 25 employees. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We're, 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 we're trying everything we can do to survive. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm also supposed to try to think about this. I don't have time. I don't have bandwidth. How would someone like that say, it, it's important. I get what Betsy's saying. How do you start with a small business in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a crisis, trying to deal with all of that, are there some small bite-sized steps that some of these small business owners can start taking right now? So my thought on this is, and I've thought a lot since everything's come to the surface. And as you mentioned, like the, the trigger point that a lot of us have been going into some sort of reflection because everybody really wants to make a difference and everybody doesn't know necessarily what they're supposed to do. 
in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is each person just needs to do something with the realm that they're in charge of, that they don't need to look at it beyond that in terms, or they could look beyond that, but it's it's really just starting where you are. If I was full-time at home with my kids, I have to look at that particular realm, and then you broaden it out and you brought it out. I think if I was talking to a small business owner, I would say it's just widen your filters around how you make decisions. You know, like amplify, let the messages that are you're hearing and the new awareness transform your decision-making filters. So if you're a small business owner and you want to make a bigger difference, just think about your business practices. Are they supporting the environment? Are they being um, ecologically friendly? You know, are you making choices on suppliers and where you're you're getting your resources from? Are those suppliers using humane practices, that kind of thing. You could just start from there. When you look at your hiring practices, are you asking the people who are in charge of decisions to broaden their decision-making filters around what kind of candidates they're looking at? Are you challenging your leaders to open your mind on resumes that you might've overlooked? Are you considering that? It's really around changing your perception so you can make different decisions. It's not around, we all have to get like, in a frenzied, busy state, because I think that that's what I worry about is we're gonna take this as a moment of time. Everybody's gonna try to do something because they wanna be on the right side of history. But rather than looking at this as a, as a sustained change, you know, sustained change happen when decision-making filters are different. So take in the messages and take in the awareness, take it in and say, you know what, there's systemic racism and now we see it. And I wanna be a part of the solution starting with my small business of 25 people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge the values that I use by which I make decisions. I'm going to think about my pro promotional strategies. I'm going to train my people to think more broadly. We are going to take in the messages from all the different things that have come out over the past um, several years around the equity issues and say, we're going to take it all in and we're just going to use it to raise our awarenesses. We're going to almost go up the level, I mean, up the elevator and get a wider perspective and make those decisions from that perspective. And if you could do that, then it will start changing. But it doesn't mean that every single person has to become a political advocate, you know, advocate and activist. You are in your own realm. I've been thinking a lot about what I would say to consultants and coaches and what is your role. You know, so it's just kind of going where where's your role and start with your role, have the awareness, use your own platform. So I want to I want to kind of uh come, I could talk to you probably all day, but uh, people don't listen to podcasts all day. So I'm going to, I want to kind of transition into the kind of a conclusion with this thought, because I'm going to stick with the small business owner. That's a lot of whom I work with. And I want you to speak to this from an organizational standpoint and from your, your work as a consultant. There's a, an, a certain amount of vulnerability that's required. Uh, and there's a certain amount of fear for a business owner to say, well, if, if I'm taking any kind of stand, making any kind of shift, making any kind of comments, uh, will I alienate someone? How does, how will I, you know, what's the, <laughs> what's the cost benefit of this? And uh, there, there's a certain amount of fear and vulnerability in taking that next step. And, and actually saying, even if it's deep with it, even if it's, I want to do this, but that little word, but creeps in there. Can you talk a little bit about the vulnerability, the fear and the leadership and, and courage it takes to start making some of these strides? I think that the, 
that's like a given in any time you move into your authentic space, you know, in some ways is anytime you really want to put your own message out there and your own position, there's always that threat of, um, of rejection, but it just take that and, you know, multiply it by a bazillion. And when you wade into this kind of space, that definitely makes sense that there's a lot more of that fear. I think that the idea is, is that you live by your values. Like, so when you think about your business, and you say, my business stands for this, whatever that business value is, and you make decisions according to that value, over the long term, it's going to pay off for you. So if you're going to make a decision to say, I'm not going to work with these kind of vendors because, you know, even though I could save more money, and you say, I'm going to stand by my value, it still always works for the long term. That is what integrity is. And if you're going to say, well, here's my value, but that doesn't mean that everybody has to speak out in the same way with every little bit of platform. It would be within your own environment and your own area. And when if your platform gets bigger, then you have a wider audience. I'm not going to say you're probably not going to turn some people off, but the reality is, is you're going to attract a whole lot more people who share your values. And the more clients that you can have or more customers that you could have that share your values, the more likely those people are going to become your raving fans. So you're going to be able to maybe turn off some of your other customers who probably didn't love you in the first place, but you're going right. to attach the people who do love you in a much more strong, meaningful way. I've lost customers. I've lost clients since I've started speaking out, but the ones that I have, I, and I've attracted other people, like right. I've attracted like amazing, I've had amazing people call me. Yeah because I had the stance, like you and I are having this conversation because I spoke out about what I believe. So I'd rather repel the wrong people. This is the same thing that they would say around email lists. Like if people unsubscribe to your email, you should be thrilled because they're not your people, you know? Right. And you could say, you know, be warm, be filled. I bless you on your journey and attract the ones that will love you. And if any time you are in integrity with your values, you will be far more successful over the long run. And you and I both know that that's true. When you're, that's why I do all the brand messaging and positioning is be in alignment with who you are because that's your strongest platform. That's your strongest source of success. You know what? And that is fantastic advice because in the end, we, we are who we are and our business should mirror whom we are. And I, I love that. Uh, I'm going to ask you to let everybody know how they can reach you if they if, if they're one of the people that you've just <laughs> they've they've been attracted to you because of what your message is how would they find you um very easy um you just go to www.betsydorden.com and you can find me on my website i got a boatload of um, blogs and videos and tutorials you could also find me on on youtube as well um i think that um, those are the two I, I will have it written across, scrolling across here. Oh, yeah. Listening, for those listening, it's J-O-R-D-Y-N. That's correct, because there's a different Betsy Jordan who's gotten all kinds of my email and my traffic. <laughs> so thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Well, Betsy, thank you for joining us. Real quick uh, things before we end. Uh, I have just come out. It was just yesterday that I promoted. Yesterday, I guess when you listen to this, who knows when that'll be. But on September the 3rd, I promoted a new scholarship mentoring program that I'm doing for uh, BIPOC entrepreneurs. It's Black, Indigenous, People of Color. Uh, I, I would recommend, I won't go through it right now, but I'd recommend you go to my website, danweeden.com. And if you go slash 
uh, equity-unleashed, you'll find it. Equity-unleashed after danweeden.com. And you can learn a little bit more about uh, my, my program. I've got three young entrepreneurs uh, who are already underway with it. And I'm very, very proud and thrilled with that. It's, it's one of the ways that I feel like I can give back and, and promote uh, that type of change. So listen, unleash the podcast. Uh, don't be a stranger. Come subscribe and, and listen and watch uh, all the time. I will tell you right now, my next podcast guest is coming up next week. His name is Dean Robinson. We're going to be talking about family business. Uh, not that anything ever dysfunctional happens in family businesses, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about how to make that better. Uh, until then, Betsy, again, thank you very much for having been on the show. Unleashthepodcast.com. All of you, as we head into Labor Day weekend, please be safe, be well, wear your masks, and uh, for goodness sake, be unleashed. <laughs>